Praise God. What a powerful, powerful message. Thank you, Sister Vicki. You gave me the title to my message today. Amen. There is a remedy. Praise God. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. Why don't you clap your hands to the Lord one more time and give Him the praise that He is due. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 What a great presence of the Lord that's here. Thank you, Brother Clyde for the great worship. From the very first song, I felt pulled into the presence of the Lord. I'm thankful for being in a place like that. You just can't sit back and observe. There's something about the worship that pulls you into the presence of God, and I want to thank Him for that. If you have your Bibles for a few moments this morning, I want to take you to the Old Testament writings of Second Kings, the second chapter, and I am going to read beginning in verse number 19 down through verse 22, 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 19. If you have it, say amen. If you don't look up, behold. Amen. And the men of the city said unto Elisha, Behold, I pray thee, the situation of this city is pleasant, as my Lord seeth, but the water is not. The situation of the city is pleasant, but the water is not. And the ground barren. And he said, bring me a cruise, a new cruise, and put salt therein. And they brought it to him, and he went forth, notice this, unto the spring of the water, and cast the salt in there. Underline the word there. He went to the springs of the water, and he cast the salt in there, and said, Thus saith the Lord, I have healed these waters. There shall not be from thence any more death or barren land. And verse number 22 says, So the waters were healed unto this day. When God does something, He does it right. Amen. So from that moment until this day, the waters that had been polluted, those waters that had caused barrenness, miscarriage, that had stunted the growth of a community, had affected it in such a detrimental way, God healed it. And from that day until now, it is a healed place. 
Sister Vicki, you're right. God does have a remedy. Amen. Everybody say amen. God bless you. You may be seated. The word Jericho itself means fragrant, and it has been a long and storied city from antiquity. Its name has been mentioned over and over again in Scripture. It was one of the most important cities of the land of Palestine, and when Israel came to the place of the crossing of the Jordan, They were first to go to Jericho because it was the strategic point of the land of Canaan. It was one of the strongest fortresses in the whole uh, nation. Somewhere I read, and my brother could probably uh, confirm or correct me, but somewhere I read that the walls of Jericho were so wide that they could race six chariots of horses around the perimeter of that city. It was a massive wall that had been built for protection, and it was the key to all of Palestine. And that's where God brought Israel when they came to possess the promised land. It was abundant In silver and gold and riches, it became a great trading area. And even in New Testament times, it had the hallowed presence of our own Lord and Savior. It was in the lonely limestone rock that is behind the city that Jesus spent his 30 days of prayer and fasting and went through the great temptation And it was down to the Jordan banks at Jericho that Jesus came to be baptized. And there were three times noted in Scripture that Jesus healed people that were blind in Jericho. It was here that Zacchaeus the publican was invited to come and eat with Jesus. Josephus the Jewish historian describes the city like this. He said, it is a district quite like a fairyland with its palms and its roses and its fragrant balsams and thickly dotted pleasure grounds. It was a perfect garden and a paradise of eastern beauty. However pleasant it is now and however pleasant it was in its beginning There was a period of time when that could not be said about Jericho. And our text confirms to us what I am trying to say. The springs of that city were suffering from some old curse. There was an old connection that still held that city in check and Though Jericho had been the first city that resisted the advance of God's people, it soon came under the authority of God's power and His ability to transform that into a passageway for Israel into the promised land. And because of its location, because of its, uh, its refusal to open, 
the Lord put a curse upon that place. And that city was burned. It was annihilated. And God ventured even further to place a curse. Joshua chapter 6 and verse 26, you will find that God through Joshua placed a curse over Jericho. And he said, whoever ventures to rebuild the walls of this city and make it habitable again will do it at a great price. You will pay the price of your first son and your last son will die in its culmination. And so God's curse laid upon that city for 500 plus years before anyone ventured to challenge what God had said. Some 550 years later, a man by the name of Hiel, a Bethelite, decided under the rulership of Ahab that he was going to rebuild Jericho. And so he did. But he did at a great cost. The Bible said that when he laid the foundation, it cost him his eldest son. And when he finished the walls of the city, his youngest son died. Most Bible historians say that in the process of that, every living child that had been birthed in this man's family was taken away because he would have the dare or he would have the audacity to challenge something God said that should never be done. And so for 500 years it had laid dormant. Nobody had dared to go against that, but there rose a man who said, I don't know if God really meant that or not. And so 550 years later, Heil found out that God meant exactly what he said, and he lost all of his children as a result of that endeavor. My point to you this morning is just a side note, and I really had intended to preach a message on this, but I feel like I need to add it this morning, that whether it's five years or a thousand years, when God says, Thou shalt not, it doesn't matter what your culture says about it. What matters is what God said about that issue. Amen. And so it was rebuilt. God allowed him to rebuild it. But what a price he paid in rebuilding that city. And though it was a rebuilt city, it was sustained by an unhealed well. It was sustained by an unhealed source. And so we come to our Bible time. Elisha and the school of the prophets had chosen to use that as the site of their school of prophecy. And they came there and built their structure. But in the building the men of the city decided that it was time to deal with a long-standing problem. And so the elders came to Elisha and said, we, we have a problem. As you can see, the area around here is pleasant. It's beautiful. It's, it's, it, it's appealing to the eye. But there, there's something wrong. The well... The, the, the stream that feeds this city and nurtures its livelihood and is the source of its life has a problem. It's poison. It, it is 
it is affected by an old curse and it is polluted. And as a result of that, of a result of that old curse, it was not allowing growth in the area to the potential that was there. It was causing miscarriages by the, the women of the city. And on a grand scale, there was a sense of frustration that this city was not reaching its potential because of this poisoned spring. And so Elisha simply said, get me a cruise, a new cruise, and bring it with salt in it. It was a pleasant place, but there lay over it a fog of unhealthiness. There was a cause there that had caused grief and much sorrow. The waters were polluted. How typical of life it is that we surround ourselves with pleasure, and yet in the midst of that pleasure there is some source of pain, some unhealed thing that aggravates and agitates and arouses the frustration of people. It is a wonderful place in temporal things, but in the core of its being, there is something that spoils its, its beauty. And so much is pictured here in life, and I don't want to get sidetracked by that, but in the midst of all that was ple- pleasant, there was that ever-present painful thing, a poisoned spring. And so he calls for the salt, and he goes to the springs, and he throws the salt in, and he declares the waters are healed. And from that day until this day, the Bible said those waters have been healed. They did not affect the people in that community as they had before. And When I began to look at this story earlier this week, God began to speak to me on several levels that I I want to share with you simple things that maybe could help somebody here this morning. But you can be in a good place and still have a bad situation spoiling your life and fouling the water and the source of life that comes to you. You... You can be in a pleasant place, but you can be in a place that stopped the growth and there's, there's not the development or there is not the maturity that ought to go along with the location. And so when I began to look at this story, God began to speak to me and he said, first of all, this story declares to you that you don't always have to move away to find healing for things that hurt you. There are a lot of people that because they hurt, they think the solution to their hurt is to relocate or to go somewhere else or move or, or make a transition in a job or, or in your family or, 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 or in, in some other way. That if I get another suit of clothes or I buy a different kind of car or I live in a different neighborhood that I'm going to... I'm going to fix the problems that I have, but that's not the solution to the problem. But you don't have to move away. You don't have to keep running to find an answer because God has a solution to your problem. God has a solution to what is troubling you and causing you pain. You have got to go 
to the right source, but there is an answer, and God declares to you that you don't have to move to experience a change in your life. You can experience change right where you are right now. Amen. Somebody say, I can have it right now. I can have it right here. Quit putting off to some future date happiness. Quit putting off to another day when you're going to get it together, when you understand the Lord gave a simple story to powerfully give to us this truth that you don't have to go away and you don't have to wait to a future day. God has an answer to your problem right now this Sunday morning. God has a solution to what you are troubled by. There's a lot of people that are troubled by old curses. And you can rebuild and rebuild and rebuild. But if you don't ever deal with the root, you can rebuild all you want to. You can change, you can move, you can alter your lifestyle, you can change your hair color, you can change your 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 friends i mean you you can change you can rebuild life any way you want to rebuild it but if you don't get past that and get down to the core of where the problem is coming from all you're going to have is a pleasant place with a lot of pain and that's where some people are this morning maybe even here today when you look around you you ought to be happy but you're not because there's something that just keeps your life agitated. There's something that just keeps turmoil boiling over. There's something that keeps you angry. There's something that keeps you on the edge. There's something that keeps you uh, frustrated. And, and, and you can do all of the exterior things in life and you can, you, 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 you can, you, you can do anything. You can, you, you, well, I, I don't want to get too personal, but I mean, you, you can join Whatever club you want to join, you can take up new hobbies. You can, you, can, you can find new pursuits. But if you don't change the root of the problem, all you're doing is prolonging your pain and your misery. And this is what I found out about poisonous things and bitter things. They never stay where they start. It was just the water that was soil. It was just the water that was cursed. But the water affected the surrounding area. It affected the crops. They couldn't grow any crops. They couldn't produce anything in their fields. The, the land was barren. And more than that, it affected their families. Their wives, according to history, were miscarrying children because of the effects of the water. You see, bitterness doesn't stay where it starts. It always leaches out into other areas of your life. And when you've got hatred in your heart, or you've got anger in your heart, or you've got a mind that is warped, it doesn't stay there. It moves out into every Every area of your life, it, extreme, it affects the extremities of everything you are. And so it was with this place. And so it was for God's people that were there in that place. Amen. God has an answer, though. And you don't have to run 
to find it somewhere else. You can find the answer right where you're at. Now, I know that's not what some of you want. Some of you want me to tell you that, you know what, you just need to do what you're feeling. Go ahead and do it. You just need to go ahead, blow it all away. Just be done with it. Start over. You can start over a million times. But if what's down here is still poison, it doesn't matter where you take it. It's going to poison everything it comes in contact with. You know what I've discovered about life? I've discovered that a lot of things we hate in other people are really resident in us. The things we can't put up with or we can't stand, if we would just take a long, hard look in the mirror, we would find out that that's where it's coming from right there. And all that's happening is they're feeling the influence of the issue that I'm dealing with or I haven't dealt with in my own life. Praise the Lord, everybody. Number two, not only do you not have to move to experience change, there was a remedy for that problem right there. God does have a solution to your problem. God does have an answer to what's wrong. They had gotten used to it maybe. I don't know. Maybe they had never gotten used to it. But for some reason, they had lived with that problem for a long, long time. And now somebody finally decided, you know what? Something's got to change. And so they come to the man of God, and God gave them a solution to their problem. So there is an answer. Everybody say, there is an answer. Now, I know, again, somebody doesn't, they don't like that because that puts them in the place where they have to do something now. We like things to be lot much more mysterious. We like things to be so foggy and so fuzzy and messed up that, that we can't, well, I, I, don't, I don't really know what to say. I don't really know what to do. We love life confused like that. Because it keeps us from having to step up to the plate and say, okay, I know where the problem is now. I now got to do something about it. And somehow today God has brought us together. I had no idea Sister Vicki was going to sing that song. She had no idea I was going to preach this message. But God's trying to get through to somebody in this building this morning that he has a solution. You don't have to go somewhere else to find it. You don't have to relocate to another city. You can find it right where you are this morning, right here in this service on this Sunday morning. You can find an answer to what's troubling you. Number three, you can change the climate and atmosphere of your life by making the right decisions. Amen. You are not stuck in a hopeless situation. And God does have an answer, but you're not stuck with an old curse. You say, well, you know, Brother Hughes, when I really look at my life, it, it goes way back. I mean, it was, my dad was like this. And if I think about it, I think that my dad told me that his dad was like this. So it's kind of deep-rooted. And so we hide behind our genes, well, it's, we hide behind our personality. Well, it's just my personality. That's just the way I am. 
Well, if that's the way I am and it's destroying my relationship with people, I need to do something about the way I am. Amen. But we don't like having to step up to the plate and say, you know what? God does have an answer. And there is an answer to what I need. There is an answer to what I'm looking for. God, God has the answer. It's not something mysterious out there. It may not be easy. It may not be simple, but it is there. And there is an answer. And you can change the climate of your life. You can do that. By making the right choice. And the right choice for these was to go to the man of God and make their need known. They didn't know what to do, but God knew what to do. The fourth thing that God talked to me about this week was that if you're going to experience real change in your life, you have got to go to the source of the problem. Now, the Bible says that when they gave Elisha the cruise of salt, he didn't go out to where the stream was flowing by the city and throw it out in the water there and say, be healed. The Bible makes specific notation that he went to the springs. He went to where it started. And that, in the Bible, uses the word there. It was there that he cast the salt in. Because if you don't go there, you're not going to get this fixed. If you're not willing to go to the source of the problem and the root of the problem and get to where it starts, the fountain left unchanged would continue to spout out the same poison as it had always, although at that moment right there where they were, everything was okay. Some of us just like temporary fixes. We just like hits. We just like an injection. Good church service, shout a little bit, feel good about ourselves, go home. Nothing really changed. Just for that moment, everything was okay. And then the next day we wake up and we're dealing with the same problems. We're fighting the same battle. We're dealing with the same spirits, the same habits. They come rising back up. And we, we wonder, well, what happened? And so we come back. We become junkies, fixed junkies. We become church junkies where if I can just get to church, I can get a fix tonight. I'll be okay. But that fix, all it consists of is just God throwing it in to where I am. Don't go any deeper than that because I don't want you messing with my past. I don't want you messing with where it really comes from because I kind of like that. And so we just have that temporary moment. We have that good service. We shout. We feel good. We cry. And then we... We forgive everybody, and then the next day we take our forgiveness back up and we start hating them all over again. Am I messing with anybody yet? I'm not trying to be a smart aleck this morning. I'm just telling you that if you're going to affect a, a real change in your life, you've got to get past the present and find the source. Where is this coming from? Is it something rooted in my attitude? 
Is it something rooted in my mind? Is it something rooted in my heart? Is there something there that was poisoned a long time ago and I've never gotten over it or I've never allowed myself to be healed and so it just stays under the surface and it bubbles up every once in a while and it comes out every now and then and I do good for a long stretch of time and then I have a train wreck and I become hard to live with and I'm mean and ugly and then all of a sudden I straighten up and I go along for a few days and everything's fine and I'm I'm flying high and, and everybody's kind of tiptoeing around me waiting for the next train wreck to come. Something ought to change in that picture. And the only way you can affect the change, you've got to go back to where it starts. You've got to go back to the beginning and start there. So he went to the spring and he cast in. This is what I've learned about life and about people and about myself. Is that we like to treat symptoms... We don't like dealing with problems. Because when we start dealing with problems, sometimes those problems involve things that we like. It's like I mentioned the other day. You mess with everything, but don't mess with my pigs. And I'd rather have a lunatic, half-crazy, naked, bizarre, running through my community, hurting people and hurting himself, than for you to mess with my pigs. Because to have a man whole and healed and in his right mind and clothed and sitting at the feet of Jesus, that's going to cost me my pigs. Because those demons don't want to live just anywhere. And so they go into the swine and those swine decide, I don't want to live like this. And so they run off in the, in, in the ocean or the, the sea and drown themselves. And the only thing the community is worried about was their pigs. You know what, Brother Hughes? I'm so afraid of my reputation if people find out. And so we hang on to our reputation. Poison still, but we got to hang on to that. We can't let anybody know that we got a problem. We can't. We, we come to the altar. Oh, my Lord, that's the, that's the lowest of the low points. Everybody knows if you come to the altar, something must be wrong. Well, that's the reason the Lord gave us an altar, because something was wrong. And this is the only solution for what's wrong. <laughs> this, is, this is the only place you can get it fixed. You can't fix it at McDonald's. You can't fix it at Whataburger. You can't fix it with another club or a, another joyride. You're going to have to find an altar because that's where things that are broken can be put back together. That's where God can heal the hurt and the damage that years have done to you. That's where God wants to take somebody because we do have a problem. Come on, love the Lord with me right now. Lift your hands and love the Lord with me right now. Amen, 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 amen. God, help me to quit trying to treat symptoms and get to the source of my problem. Amen. If you want a solution that will last, you can be seated. Listen to me. If you want a solution that will last, I don't mean a day or a week or a month, but I mean from now to the end of your life, the only way you're going to find that 
is dig down to the source of the problem and deal with the source. And so Elisha went there. It, it went there. You say, well, really, I just can't help it. You know, I don't mean to reach out and take that forbidden thing. I don't mean to get hooked on that again. But, but my hands, and so we want to cut our hand off. But it's not the hand. It's in the heart. The heart's where that desire came from. We want to cut our hand off because it's a lot easier to deal with our hand cut off than to dig down in the heart where the dirtiness really lies and start letting God work on that and fix that part of me. And so we love going through life maiming ourselves and doing things to the external. We're like the Pharisees that would go through and beat themselves thinking that they're beating of themselves would elevate their status in God's eyes. And here this poor sinner comes into the temple and he gets over in the corner and he just gets down. He said, oh God, please forgive me. I'm just a sinner. He got down to the root of the problem. He got down to where it was at. He, he didn't try to subterfuge with God. You know, well, God, you know, it, it's my, my mama did this to me or my daddy did this to me or my school's doing this to me or my job's doing this to me or, or my wife's doing or my husband or, or my kids are doing this to me. Whew. Mm. So we, we, like, we like symptoms. We like to deal with symptoms. That's why our world is full of medications I don't know how many pills there are out there, but there's pills for everything that ails you. But most of them are just cover-ups because they really can't fix what's wrong. And so as a culture and as a church and as a community of people, we sometimes find ourselves doing the same thing. But if you want a solution that will last, if you want something that won't go away with a little bit of sleep or be forgotten a week from now, you've got to let God get down to the real core and put his hand on where it really is. And you know what? It's different for every one of us. What God puts his hand on my life about may not be what he puts his hand on your life because that's not what's spoiling my life and that's not what's spoiling your life. It's, it's that personal thing. God knows what is needed for your personal situation. If your weakness, your struggles, your failure, all of the things that have brought miscarriage of, of God's purpose in your life. God puts, he, he, he plants his seed in you so that you'll grow and develop and mature. But something happens along the way and it, 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 it poisons the whole process. And instead of giving birth to something healthy, it, it's, it's lost. And, and we start over and we try to do it again. And we wonder why. What, what, what's causing? Why, why are we not finding solutions? I'm going to tell you why. Because somebody's got to have the courage to go with him to the source of the problem. Amen. Mm, go with him to the source. And if you'll go there, God will give you an answer that will last a lifetime. Some of you don't believe that. Some of you don't believe that. Some of you sitting here right now don't believe what I just said because in your mind, you've dealt with your problem so long, it'll never change, she'll never change, he'll never change. It's just the way it is. And the truth is, there is a solution that will last a lifetime if you'll just go 
to the source, the source of the bitterness, the source of the anger, the source of the lashing out. I had a gentleman talk to me one day. He, he, was, he, he was conversing about some situations in his family, and he said, Brother Hughes, it's, it's, it's all so petty. And I stopped him right there, and I said, Well, if it is a petty issue, then that means that there's something else that's driving it. You better find out what's driving that issue. Because it's really not about whether you left your dirty socks on the floor again. It's not about whether you wipe the sink down and they go into orbit over that. Or because you parked the car a little crooked and he flies off the handle. The problem is a lot deeper than that. And until you get down to where that's at, you're going to keep dealing with the same stuff. It may be good for a while, but all that fades. And then it starts all over. Wouldn't it be great if you could find the courage today to get up and go to the source and let God deal with that source so that something would begin to flow out of you that would affect the whole future of your life. That you could look to the future with hope and not frustration. And you could look ahead and say, you know what? God's going to do greater things because He has fixed what's wrong. He has healed what has been messed up in me. He has helped me get over this and beyond this. And in order to make the bitter waters pleasant, you're certainly going to need a grace agent. You're not going to do it by yourself. And salt was God's grace agent in that situation. And can I tell you this much this morning that God still has enough grace to help all of us today? He hasn't run out of salt. God still has enough grace. And it may be a different grace uh, manifestation to you than it is to me, but God's grace is sufficient. Amen. When Paul said, I can't stand any more of this pain, the Lord said, don't worry about the pain. Understand that my grace is sufficient for you. And you know what? You don't ever from that moment until the end ever hear Paul mention that problem again because there was a grace agent that came into his life and it made all the difference in the future of his life. And I'm here to tell somebody this morning that in order to make a bitter thing sweet, you're going to have to have some grace working. You're going to have to come under the influence of that grace. You're going to have to be willing to say, God, I don't know how you're going to do it. I don't even know what you're going to use to do it, but I know you have an answer to my problem and I want to put myself in the place where that problem can be remedied and that problem can be healed come on let's praise him together right now hallelujah 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 blessed be the name of the Lord let's stand together what a what a story but what a powerful truth God can turn your bad situation around if you will just let him today. Amen. God can do it. And I know we all feel a little gullible, or not gullible, but a little uh, uh, suspect right now. You, you're probably afraid to step out and come to the altar because 
That's who Brother Hughes is preaching to. I'm preaching to everybody in this building today. Because I feel like there's probably a little something that's poisoned some aspect of our life in every one of us. It's taken our peace. It's taken our, our unity. It's taken our connection. It's taken something away from us. It's, it's caused the, the, the loss of, of blessings and promises because of its influence. How many times have I come to this place and I, I prayed, but I didn't pray through. You know, my elder, my, my pastor was right. The real key to every victory was to pray until you prayed through. I can't say that I've always done that. Many times I've prayed long enough to get the guilt off, but not long enough to get the gift in. And so I come again to a service, and I just wanted to tell somebody today that God, no matter how bad your situation is, no matter how poisoned the spring may be, no matter how bad it may appear where you live right now, God can affect a change there, 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 right there, right here in this place today. God can affect a change if you'll just... Come under the, the influence of His amazing grace. Oh, God, help me today. I wish I could preach this the way I have felt the Holy Ghost. But the Lord has sent me on a mission this morning to tell somebody that if your land is barren, if, if your life is not producing what you know it's capable of producing, Come on, if, you're, if your family or your marriage or your job or whatever it is that you're going through, if it's not producing what you know it's capable of producing, why don't you just take a moment and come today and find a place before Him and say, God, help me get to the, to the root today. Help me get to the root to, to confess the root of the problem, to admit the root of the issue, to, to get down to where I really live, to where I really am. Oh, God, help me today.